This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. And today we'll be joined by a unanimous All-American from 2020, a man who likely is going to be the very first running back drafted later this month, Alabama running back Najee Harris, who, by the way, I might add right now, may be as entertaining as any guest we've ever had on this podcast. And yes, you heard me say that correctly. And then we'll be joined by my ESPN colleague, Nina Kimes, who was the subject and object of a tremendous April Fool's joke. That was not my doing, not my idea, but I was only too happy to partake in that April Fool's joke with Mina Kimes, who recounts that experience on this podcast later today. And we are now in early April, which really is one of the best months on the calendar. But the big news Monday and all of this week was the latest quarterback movement. The New York Jets and Carolina Panthers complete a trade that sends Sam Darnold to Carolina in return for three draft picks. The Jets get back in this particular deal, a sixth round pick this year, a second round pick in 2022, and a fourth round pick in 2022. And that that gives the Jets 21 selections in the next two drafts. And it also locks in the fact that the Jets are going quarterback at number two. And so it looks like Trevor Lawrence goes one, Zach Wilson goes two, the Niners go quarterback at three with Mac Jones being a leading candidate at that spot, putting the Atlanta Falcons on the clock at number four. We said a few weeks ago, quarterbacks would go early and often, and that's exactly what's unfolding here. And with the Carolina Panthers trading up to get Sam Darnold, that tells you that they did not believe that a quarterback or the quarterback that they wanted was going to slide to their spot at number eight. And whether that was going to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields, 
they obviously preferred to trade three picks to the Jets to get Sam Darnold right now rather than waiting around to see which of those quarterbacks might or might not make it to them. The Panthers make the aggressive move to get Sam Darnold. And the Jets, let's be frank here, I think they're enamored with Zach Wilson. I think the upside and potential he has flashed has gotten their attention. It looks like right now he is slated to be the number two overall pick. Zach Wilson could go rent an apartment in New Jersey, Bedminster, New Jersey, right by the Jets training complex, because it certainly looks like he is headed there as the Jets put their flag in the ground on the newest quarterback. And it's great that the Jets have all these picks, but at some point also, they've got to turn all these picks into players and begin moving forward. It's great to get back all the picks they did for Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold and all the players they've traded away, but they've got to make these picks count at some point or another, they've got to develop Zach Wilson. They've got to move ahead. And that will be the goal of this organization now. But another big trade. And now that leaves us really with only a few major quarterback questions. What will happen with Deshaun Watson as the Houston police and the NFL investigate the latest accusations against him? Will Russell Wilson be on the move? Is Aaron Rodgers that unhappy that anything could ever happen there? Those would seem to be the other quarterback questions now that we're going to get quarterbacks picked. One, two, three, and quite possibly four in the upcoming draft later this month. And before we get into today's episode, I have a few things I need to tell you. First off, the Major League Baseball season is underway, as we mentioned, and there's no better place to find all your insider information than Baseball Tonight with Buster Olney. Make sure to download and follow Buster Olney's podcast, Baseball Tonight, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, once again, baseball's back and so are your favorite teams and players. Catch the best of the bigs all season on ESPN Plus with over 170 live Major League Baseball games featuring every star and every team in the league. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com backslash baseball. Lastly, we're celebrating the third birthday of ESPN Plus. Wow, that's amazing. Third birthday. It's been three years of bringing you three-pointers, hat-tricks, 30-for-30s, and so much more. Celebrate with us today by streaming your favorite live sports originals and documentaries on ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for joining us the past three years, and if you don't have ESPN Plus yet, it's not too late to join the party. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. And this week on our podcast, we actually did something for the very first time have not done it, amazingly enough, on this podcast before. And now that I think about it, it's almost like a light went off. My producer, Christina Buswell, and I made a major discovery by accident this past week when we had on the Alabama running back, Najee Harris, who came on, and he put on his camera, which we don't usually have guests on camera. And so I put on my camera, which I've not done for guests before. And so for the first time, taping this podcast in the nearly four years that we've done it, we had two guests on camera at the very same time. And I don't know whether it was that or the fact that Najee Harris was unbelievable as a guest, but it made a huge difference in the conversation that we had. And Najee Harris, this past weekend, stepped away from what he was doing to join us on the podcast 
and the unanimous All-American, the Doak Walker Award winner in 2020, the first team All-SEC selection, stepped up to the mic, and this was the very first thing that he said to me. Hey, who you beefing with? What do you mean, who am I beefing with? I was at a, uh, I was at a little, uh, little pro day thing, and it was like, uh, it was some other small reporter. He was like, nah, 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 don't, don't get none of your, if you got anything, don't, don't talk to Adam. Talk to me about it. He said he's the other version of you. I forgot what his name was. And he actually said that? Yeah. Najee, you know what I say to that? You can give your information whoever you want. You want to give it to any reporter? Have at it. You want to talk to me? Great. I got no issues with whoever wants to give information to whoever they want, right? So Najee, let me be very clear here. I'm not beefing with anybody. I've got no beefs with anybody. Other people might have beefs with me, but I got no beefs with any other, as you like to say, small reporters or anybody else out there. I'm good. And I hope you are too. Hey, so I, I want to start out with the pronunciation of your name. I got it right, right? Najee, right? You good. Some, you, you say it perfectly. Some people don't always get it correct. My whole college career, damn it, actually. The reporters always got it wrong. The analysts always got it wrong. Najee, Najee, I mean, it's everything. Listen, Najee, we got the draft coming up later this month. Yeah. It's in Cleveland. Your name's going to get called early. Mm-hmm. We don't want Mike Greenberg on ESPN or Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper to be calling anything other yeah. than your actual name. It's 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 Najee, so Najee, like uh, you listen to you probably don't listen to saxophone music, but there's a saxophone player named Najee. And that's how you pronounce my name. It's not hard, it's Najee, you know. Najee, how's this whole process gone for you leading up to the draft? You nervous, excited, anxious? What are you? I mean, like, I I just wanted to get it over with type stuff, you know. I I'm ready to see what team I'm on so I can go to work there. Um, like I'm bouncing around state to state because I really not trying to buy a, like have a, a place yet because I don't know where I'm gonna go. So uh like, I'm just ready to get it over with. More of like, you know, excited or, or nervous or something like that. I just want to know where I'm going to be going to work at, so I can set up. So I can set up shop there. Really. There are a lot of Zoom calls out there with a lot of teams and coaches, right? Oh my gosh, bro! So you know the new rules, like they call they call it like up to five times each team. Yeah. You hear about so, so yeah. So, t- so tell me bro. about that. What, what's it been like, bro? What the heck? I mean. I don't know how to, I don't want the teams to get mad at me, but like, God damn, it's annoying as hell because like every time, like, well, like they'll, they'll say Zoom calls at like nine o'clock at night. It's like, and the Zoom calls be like an hour, right? And then, you know, deep down that this team ain't going to pick you. You just know, like, you got the <laughs> roster, you know that they got, all right, they just signed him, him, and him. So they do not, there are no room for a running back. And they want you to learn their whole offense. I'm like, bro, like, in my back of my head, I'm like, bro, like, why y'all putting me through this if y'all not going to draft me? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of pointless. But, like, you know, you can't be rude or nothing like that. So, be like, so you go through it, and then, you know, <laughs> you look on, like, ESPN and, like, oh, they just picked up this running back, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I knew they was going to pick me anyway. So, like, I don't know why they got me learning. Are offense. you talking about the Houston Texans? Because they signed a lot of running backs this offseason. Who did they sign up Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram. They re-signed David Johnson. Um, oh, they reached David Johnson? When they do they that? Reached David Johnson, restructured his deal to create more room. I just, I was thinking as you were saying that, which team signed a lot of running backs? That's what I was that <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was thinking. You, you could, you, you good at you. You do some deep searching, you find which teams did that. 
Well, tell me this. Who was the coolest Zoom call you had? Like, did you get a call from a head coach or a GM that you were aware of? Somebody that you had seen on TV a bunch? Yeah. And you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing a Zoom call with this guy. Not like me, who be like, I don't know what that, I don't know what that's what you look like. Nah, I mean, I was never like, 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 wow, wow. I was like, a cool ass Zoom call was, was for sure. I met him in person and on Zoom was the, was the Steelers for sure, though. They Mike Tomlin. Was- yeah, but they had the whole staff there, like the GM. They had everybody there, defense staff. They had everybody there. So, like, you know, they was chill. I mean, and then, you know, the Bills. I mean, there, there, was, there was a lot of teams. The Bills was hella cool. Like, the Dolphins. was Everybody was really cool. <laughs> what did Mike Tomlin have to say? Because he's he's a pretty cool guy. No, nah, yeah, he's, he's he's really cool. But, like, um, so he was just, you know, it's just the basic question that would actually get to know you, stuff like that. Uh, Mike Tomlin loves the draft process. I remember being at the owners' meetings a couple of times. He's sitting by the pool. He's got his draft guides out. He's reading up on the guys. He loves that. I'll, I'll bet you. I could see you as a Pittsburgh Steeler, Najee. I could see you as a Steeler. It's not my decision. And today, I'm, <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm just ready to see who I set up shop at. You know, I don't make the decisions. The only thing I control is how I practice, how I play, how I train. Listen, you know my, probably more stuff about me than about about stuff. I, I'm clueless right now. You know. Well, I do know a bunch about you. Like I know this was very interesting. I know that. The night before in Alabama Pro Day, you're in Dallas and you're supposed to fly to Birmingham. The flight gets canceled and right. you drive nine hours to Birmingham to get to the Pro Day when you weren't even working out. What made you do that? There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. First of all, I wanted to support my teammates for sure because, you know, I don't know when's the last time we're going to be together, you know, especially throughout this stuff. You know, that was the last time really recently that. I might see these guys for a long time. But um, and then another thing was I had a I wanted to do a workout at 7 a.m. in the morning. So like I drove all of, I left probably like uh, Dallas at nine. And I was like, now my flight got canceled because lightning. And then like I was stopping like throughout the drive. I was stopping, take a little break. That was the worst thing I could have done. Because like after I took a nap and I, I woke up, but my eyes did not want to wake up. It was just like really falling, like just going lower and lower. So I pulled over again. Like another nap, and then I started playing some music. I was just yelling the whole time I got there, and I got there around six fifty a.m. I made wow. it just in time for my seven a.m. workout. So after my six fifty a.m., I got there six fifty a.m. I didn't go home yet. Didn't take a shower, nothing. Went straight to my workout. Was there for like an hour, and then I had to do weigh-in. So I was working out from seven to eight, and then from eight to nine, I did weigh-ins and uh, the measurements of hands and heights like that. Then nine, eight, that was eight to nine. Then nine of nine forty-five had meeting. And then 10 to 10 something, 10, whatever. It was like the broad jump, the vertical, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I want to be there to support my teammates. And I want, I want to make sure I was there the whole day. You know, I, I was there from 6.50 a.m., the whole drive, all the way up until like 5. So I only had like 50 minutes of sleep that whole time, bro. And the 50 minutes of sleep was when I was pulling over on the side of the road, taking those little small naps. Were you, wor- were you worried about falling asleep on the wheel at all, Najee? I mean, like when I was getting – I mean <laughs> – I'm I'm a spontaneous dude, so like I mean I don't, you know I always prepare myself for stuff like this. But I mean like anytime I was tired, I'll just go on the side of the road, take a little nap, and then I'll wake up. But I mean like you know I was falling asleep on the wheel, so like but when that happens, I just pull over, take a little nap. If I had driven through the night and got to town at six fifty, and I had to work at it at seven, I would have gone to sleep nodding. See the thing is, see, but like I feel like you know with me it's just that I'm so like. I'm so like, uh, you know, into like just training and working out because I, I want to like, 
that's why I feel like I have an edge over people. It's just my work ethic. So like, I know damn well. I was like, I'll skip this. I'll skip this pro day, but I'm not skipping this workout at all. Like I'm making this 7 a.m. workout. So that's what uh, that's what really got me motivated to make this damn workout. Well, people must admire you for the workout because when I posted that on Twitter that day, I was shocked at the response it generated. It went viral. And Bro, people, me too. It was crazy. I, I even like I didn't even know it was talked about because, like I said, I wasn't on my phone because I, I literally was. Right when I got there, at the 7 a.m. workout, then at the 8 a.m. thing, then at the 9 a.m. thing, at the 10 p.m. thing, I finally yeah. got to my phone, and that motherfucker <laughs> was blowing up. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, I'm, something must have happened. I looked at me. I was like, what the heck? I just put it down. I was like, man. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then scouts kept calling me like, like, did you, where, where was you at uh, a couple hours ago? I was like, oh, you talking about me working out? He's like, no, nah, before that. I was like, oh, I came from Texas. Like, you drove here? I was like, yeah, yeah, I drove here. And then all the scouts just start talking about it. I was like, damn. Like, let me go back on my phone. I called my agent. I was like, like, who'd you tell that I did that? Oh, I told Adam, man. I'm a, I'm a good agent, ain't I? <laughs> like, hey, bro. He was like, he was like I'm, I'm a good ass agent, ain't I? I was like, all right. Bro. <laughs> well, it got. I'm just telling you, when I saw the reaction, I said, people love Najee Harris. People love that guy. And they love that you did that. Yeah. I mean, it did get a, a reaction I didn't expect either. I mean, yeah, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Now, when you were coming out of high school, you were compared to Adrian Peterson. You were regarded as the number one, number two, number three prospect in the country. Did you model your game after him at all? Did I you love see AP. yourself? I love AP. So, but like, I didn't know that actually until you just told me that. But like, I do love Adrian Peterson. Like, if there's anybody, like, if I get, when I eventually, when I get to the league, um, Jersey, I'll swap autograph. I'll get one is Adrian Peterson. Nobody else. Only Adrian Peterson, man. Really? Sure. I mean, I watched that dude, dog. I watched him. Oh, there's only a few guys I really, I mean, I watched filming everybody, but like, dude, I really, really like because he plays the game like how it's supposed to be. He trains the way perfect, like how I want to train. He plays the game how I want to be played it. Like, he has, I mean, he's one of the greatest running backs, I think, of like, of era. like, top in my book, he's top three. I mean, I was you never, you never met him before. Man, so crazy story. So like, when we was when we was on the way to play Notre Dame, um, Ruben Fra, not Ruben, uh, forgot his name, but he called me up. He he DM'd me. I was like, hey man, so I want to talk to you. Uh, blah blah blah. I was like, what the hell? I was like, all right. Uh, and he started facing. Me. I was like, bro, like don't FaceTime me. That's weird as hell. Just call me, type stuff. I don't want to see your face. And then like, dude, dude, call me, and he said, hey bro, answer the FaceTime. I was like, all right, like it's weird as like I was like it's weird, but I was like, all right, bro. He did it, and he said, "Hey man, so I'm talking." He put the phone to AP because you know AP was on lines, and then he was like, "And the AP was talking." I was like, "I was like, oh, what's up, bro? AP, I I watched all your clips in college when you was at Oklahoma. I watched you when you was in te- playing in high school in Texas. Like, you know, you when when you got hurt uh, in college and you should have won a Heisman. Like, I was going in all in. Like, hey, man, I know everything about him. I was like, hey, man, I loved you when you was on the when you was on the Vikings." When you was on the uh, Redskins or the Washington football team, and I like I watched you now when you're on the Lions, like I was just breaking down everything. And he was like, I mean, he probably thought I was weird or something like that, because I mean I was going in depth of what I, <laughs> all the plays he played at. And then uh, he was like, uh, "Yeah, man, I like your game. Like I see, a, I see a lot of you, I have a lot of me and you." I'm like, "What the type of stuff?" I'm like, "This is dope." And then um, I, I took down his number, and then now I'm about to train with him in uh, Texas, Houston, Texas. So really. Yeah, I'm gonna start training with AP in Houston, Texas. Whenever um I'm done with this little stuff, I, the medical combine. You 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 won't even need to swap jerseys with him after the game. You could just go do nah, that while you're training. No, nah, no, nah, I'm still gonna swap jerseys. 
No. Yeah. Yeah, either way, no matter what. Even if he's not there, man, I'm gonna find a way to do something. I mean, that's like a legend for sure, man. He's like probably behind it, Barry Sanders to ever play. Barry Sanders number one? Yeah, hands down. Hands because? Down. Because no matter what era you put him in, he will do produce the same what he did back in those times. I mean, like, you know, his elusiveness, his vision, his like explosiveness, him stop and go, you know, mm-hmm. him three hose. You know, they can say whatever you want, Jim Brown, but I feel like he put Jim Brown in this era. I mean, he, I don't know. He was playing against different competition at that time, you know. So I feel like he put him in this era, it wouldn't be so much of the same story. I don't know. Barry Sanders, like you put him any, in any era, I feel like he'll do the same for sure. My dad always said Jim Brown was the greatest player who ever lived. Jim Brown, what he, no, what he, what Jim Brown did is he did change the running back position. That's what he did do. But, I don't agree with – I don't think that if you put him in any era, he would be hmm. the same way. Listen, I, I, go, I go deep into this, all right? So, yeah. not to say, hey, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, he was, he, was, he was playing a time where, like, you know, not too many African-Americans were playing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, like, you know, that's how it is. So, I mean, like, I don't know if the same – if he would have produced the same way like Barry Sanders did. Barry Sanders doing some stuff, like, you'd be like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? So you studied Barry Sanders, you studied Adrian Peterson, you studied Jim Brown at all, or anybody else? No, I, no. I would put Jim Brown fourth. I'll put Jim, no, I'll, I'll put Jim Brown fourth, May, not even fourth. I'll say uh, Walter Payton's three. He was, and then I mean, like I debate uh, who's four. I, I mean, I, I mean, Jim Brown's top five though. Maybe he's five, four, five, four or five. One of those. But. Who's the best running back in the game today? Okay, healthy. Yeah, me personally. Yeah. This is this is my personal opinion. I mean, I'll go with Saquon Barkley. Healthy, a healthy yeah. Saquon Barkley. A healthy Saquon Barkley is probably the best running back. He and then the, with with the team, like his production with the team, I mean, like what who would he have in front of him, the O line. I mean, like, mm. imagine him like on somebody else's team, what he does and what he brings to the table as a running pure running back and how elusive he is and like how he's in the pass game and stuff like that. How fast he is. I mean, a healthy Saquon is the best running back in the in, in NFL for sure. He's a beast. Now, let me tell you something about Adrian Peterson when you meet him. Because you haven't met him in person yet, just over FaceTime, right? Yes, sir. FaceTime. When you meet him and shake his hand, Najee, he's going to crush your hand. Okay? That guy has the most powerful handshake I've ever had. It's the only handshake that when I got done, I had tears coming down my eyes. Like, I had to wipe the tears out of my eyes. because I've met him a few times. Yeah, yeah, and now I could say I, now I could say I've met the great Najee Harris too. He hasn't met me in person though, so maybe when you shake my hand, you might feel a different thing. Do you have the same handshake as AP? I got a bigger hand than AP. You, you'll see what I'm talking about when you meet him. Yeah, man. Hey, how you get where you was at though? Because you like a oh, like a they talking about if, if if Adam said then you know it it's real. So like, how you get where you was at? Like, I appreciate you asking that question. It's probably the same way that. You've gotten to where you're at right now, except you were probably blessed with a lot more talent than I was, <laughs> no, right? It's just, hard work, yeah. Hard work, hard work. But, well, that's the, that's the case with anybody doing anything, right? I don't have any talent, but I've tried to work hard. Tried to. Where, you out? where was you at? Was you, what, what college did you go to? I went, I went to the University of Michigan. And what? that's dope. Yeah. And, and when I went there, and this is true, I went out to a fraternity. I didn't get in. There was like 50 guys going for like 10 spots. I went down to the football office to see if they needed somebody to pick out jock straps and hand out water bottles. They didn't. So I went to the basketball office to see if they needed some kind of 
student manager. They didn't. So when everybody in Michigan said no to me, I went to the student newspaper, started writing. And when I went to school there, I had no idea that I would try to make a job doing what I'm doing today, but that's where it went and that's what it turned into. And it just kind of grew from there. And what I'm doing today is so far beyond anything I ever could have imagined doing back in the day. I never would have imagined this. How about to say, so you didn't think you never would have got here? Like, was this your main goal right here? When I went to Michigan, I, I didn't go there with the idea, I'm going to set out to become a sports reporter. And also, once I started doing it, all I wanted to do, I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. And then when I had the opportunity to go into television, which was in 2004, there were people who told me, are you out of your mind leaving newspapers to go to TV? Like that, you don't do that. Like, think about that with where newspapers are today. But newspapers gave me the foundation of reporting. I did it for 16 years. I covered the Denver Broncos and the NFL, got to meet a tremendous amount of people, people that went out to do great things, uh, then went to NFL Network for five years, and then went to ESPN 11 and a half years ago. So I've been doing this, Najee, over 30 oh, years. 54. Oh, okay. You look pretty good, man. You don't look 54. Well, well thank you. Well, l- listen, that, that's the naps that I get after driving all night before doing the workouts. That, that's what huh. happens sometimes, right? I'm on there. Trust me. When I look 50, I'm going to look like I'm 80. But... <laughs> I love, so I want to read you a couple of reports uh, that my colleagues have said about you. I want to hear what you have to say about that. Ready? Okay. So this is from basically uh, we want to do something fun before the NFL draft where I'm going to read you the draft reports from Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. Our ESPN oh, NFL draft God. experts <laughs> who have their own podcast called First Draft on ESPN. You tell me what you think of their reports, Najee. Ready? And how <laughs> accurate they are. All this right. is Mel Kuyper. Here we go. Ready? He doesn't Najee like Harris, 6'2", 232. What I like most about Harris, and it's why he's my top-ranked running back, is his receiving ability. He caught 70 passes over the past two seasons and had 11 receiving touchdowns. He can be a three-down back in the NFL. Downside about him is that he's had a whopping 718 touches at Bama, including 460 carries over the past two seasons. He has taken a lot of punishment. He finished the 2020 season with 1,466 rushing yards and 26 rushing scores. He also led the FBS with 47 carries of at least 10 yards. All he does is produce. What do we think of that from Mel Kuyper Jr.? Well, I think he should stop about that. Uh, what does he say? 700 and some carries. 718 touches. Yeah, how see what what you guys do, you know, because I, I will put you in that category because you are one of them. What you guys do is you look at the stat paper, and then you give like, you know, you guys criticize the people off the stat paper, but you never really ask the person like, like, are you hurt? Like, you know, he just said I had all those carries and all that stuff, and his wear and tear. Like, <laughs> you ask me, dude, I would want seven hundred more. <laughs> I would want seven hundred more carries. I barely had. I never had no surgeries. I ain't never got hurt. I ain't never missed a game because of injuries. Like, what are you talking about? So what you guys do is you guys say, okay, the running back at the position, you know, they last the least, they, they last the least in the league. So, um, you know, we got to, we got to kind of take them a different way. We got to like, you know, I guess you guys saying like, you know, we got to sit them aside. We don't want too much carries on them, but like not every running back is the same. You guys are thinking about the little running backs. Like I'm not in a little running back. Like you said, I'm six two two thirty. I can carry the load. I have no issue with that. I tell everyone all the day. Like I tell Alabama every day. Like shoot, y'all want me to get forty carries? Give me forty carries. Like I would want that. I train for that. I don't train like the way I train. The way I go about my business is so I can carry the load. I would want thirty carries. I would want forty carries. I would want fifty carries. I would want to get the ball every down if I can. 
like Derrick Henry's one of them. Like he gets to call up like 40. He got the ball, whatever carries it at the, Alabama and now in the NFL. And he's never hurt. He's still healthy. It's just the way the the, the athlete trains. It's the way the athlete mm-hmm. takes his body. It's the way the athlete goes about his business. Then you can say start saying that, well, he's not looking like he's too healthy. He's not looking like, but like I never got hurt. Serious injury, knock on wood. I ain't never missed a game because of injuries ever in my four years. And in the past two years, Alabama freshman and sophomore year, I was, I mean, I didn't get no carries at all. What do you like? So, like, I mean, I'm healthy. I'm fresh. I'm ready to carry the load. You know what I'm saying? Najee, great response. Now let's see what Todd McShay says. Okay, hold on. Ready? We got more coming for you. (laughs) Harris has excellent size and decent top end speed. He was a much more decisive runner as a senior, showing oily hips, oily hips. For a big back and playing light on his feet, he gets in and out of breaks quickly, has excellent ball security, and is a slippery runner between the tackles, but he has acceleration limitations. Harris showed tremendous improvement as a pass catcher in 2020 with a big catch radius and an ability to adjust to balls thrown outside his frame. He also shows good aggressiveness in pass pro. What do we think of Todd McShay's report, Najee? I think that he can kiss my ass. What what, what I'm saying with this is like, look at me. how is he going to say he he show better production? Okay, look, let, let's just, let's just take in my pass simulator. All right, let's look, and then I'm gonna go break it down. Okay, so like I said, I did not play freshman and sophomore year, rarely, ever. So I didn't have the opportunity to show I can catch. It's not because I can't. It's because I wasn't in the game to show people I can catch. So let's just stop looking at a stat sheet there and watch the game. You know, let's watch the game and not a stat sheet. That's what I was saying to you guys. Now, junior year, I have more opportunities. I let the country receive in touchdowns. Why is that? As a running back, I did. Why is that? Well, maybe because I got more opportunities to catch the ball. Right. You don't need to pass the ball to a running back if you have Judy, first rounder, Ruggs, first rounder, Schmitty, first rounder, Waddle, first rounder. Like, what, what, what do you need to pass the ball to a running back? <laughs> There's no point to unless you need to. Then now, you know, they start making all these different coverages. Now I'm in the pass game. Now I can show opportunity to, you know, for them to get the ball, you need somebody to block for them, right? So yeah. I'm more used to like, hey, Najee, Go block for these people so he can do the better of the team. You know, it's a team sport. It's not because I can't catch. It's because I never had an opportunity to catch. Now, next year, senior year, um, I'm used more in the pass game because Waddle or Rugs and Judy left. So now my role steps up in the pass game, also running game, also pass blocking because there's not nobody on the edge really other than the two guys we got. You know, so I mean, like that right there is just somebody looking at a stat sheet and saying, oh, okay. Well, maybe you could do that. Well, it's it's not. Look at the actual game. Watch really what it is. Now, what else is man to say? You said something else. Uh, <laughs> he said he said that uh, you have oily hips. Okay, so oily hips. You know, he's like you know some big backs. Now he's now now he's going off the stereotype. So the big backs is tight, stiff, not agile, can't move. Like you know, I'm not trying to. Oily hips is a compliment, Najee. That's yeah, a compliment. You know, it's a compliment, but I'm saying like. I always knew I had good hips. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'll break him. I'll, I'll break him. I mean, he can't guard me one on one. Wait, you, you, want, you want my Najee report? My Najee report is no, dude no, no, can play, dude can ball, and he's and he's a first-rate podcast guest, too. <laughs> I want to, you know, yeah, I get it. Who's next? <laughs> let, let me ask you for the Najee report on some of the guys you play with, because these Alabama guys go in the first round like crazy. There's going to be a bunch of them this year. In the yeah. first round, my first question is, who impressed you most that you played with in Alabama? Who's the one guy that you went, oh my god, this guy is 
a bowler? Uh, oh, well, there's, there's three. Go ahead. And it's Waddle, Schmitty, and Pat. Pat? Now, I'll t- yeah, Patrick Satane for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, reason why I say that is, well, because, you know, I'll break it down each one. Uh, Schmitty, reason why Schmitty, because, I mean, when you see the dude, this skinny. Devontae Smith, you mean? Devontae Smith, right? Yes, yes Devontae okay. Smith, you Smitty. Okay. Um, I mean, he's all of 170, if not 169. I mean, I don't know. He played at whatever, I don't know. But when you see him, you're like, man, I don't know. But but then when you see him play, like, I mean, it's a whole different dude. He doesn't play at his weight. I mean, he plays like goddamn Megatron or something like that. You know, he's, he plays huge. He doesn't, yeah. and, and he's a and he's a dog. You know, he's a competitor. Like that's somebody you would want on your team to go in mm-hmm. a dog fight with. You know what I'm saying? Like, been a lot of dog fights at Alabama with LSU that one year. Um, Mississippi State, he had a cop game with a touchdown. Georgia game, champ, freshman year championship when they threw the freshmen in there. Um, you know, and that's really what. At the end of the day, it's like, can you win your matchups? Can you win against the men that's lined up against right. you? He does that all the time. And that's really should matter at the end of the day. It shouldn't matter about what's on the stat sheet, like what y'all do every time the stat sheet. Look at the stat sheet. Oh, he that ain't me. That's Melon Todd. That's hey, hey, the hey, job. Hey, that's the job. Hey, hey, hey. Like I said, hey, I don't want no trouble. I was just saying. <laughs> the analysts, how about that? The Whoever's writing yeah. the report. The, the draft experts. You guys look at a stat sheet, but not like, but y'all need to just look at the film. Um. And then, you know, Waddle, when Waddle first came in, low Jaylen ass Waddle. dude. Yeah, Jalen Waddle, J Dub. Um, and when he comes in, I'm a, I mean, like, he's small, but that motherfucker is dynamic. He is explosive, real, like, really, really explosive. Like, closest thing to Tyreek Hill for me, I, I think. Um, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that, I mean, like, bro, you guys see him in person. You guys see, you guys see this dude in person, though, how he plays, how he gets in and out of his cuts, how he stops and goes 60 right away. I mean, like, you know, he's really he's agile, too. Like, you know, um, a lot of guys, when they say Tyreek Hill, it's like they're only straight line fast. But this dude sideways is fast, too. You know, him returning the kicks and all that stuff. I know y'all seen that punts and all that stuff. You know, he plays. I mean, he's a he's all of a top, you know, top 10, top 15 pick. All of that, for sure. And what and about then, Patrick Sertain? Now, Patrick Sertain probably is, like, one of my favorite defensive players I ever I ever seen. Well, one of them. Like, not ever seen. Let's take that back. He's probably one of the defensive players, like, you know, out there like he, he he is really like all he's the truth man he's a prototypical nfl db you know i would pick him first on, over on my team so he's a prototypical db and he and it, i didn't know his father was in the league at all so i mean like that you didn't is, know that oh yeah i did not I know co- that. i covered his dad I didn't, yeah i didn't know that man so like that even helps out his situation a lot but like you know his size and his speed have you seen him in person uh patrick your your teammate in yeah. person no i haven't seen you in person yeah, right yeah he he big. He's not bigger than me. I'll still muscle his ass up. But like, but he <laughs> he surely is like the truth though. Like his he's he's very technique in his in in and how he plays the game. You know, he the little stuff that, you know, he he that, that matters, he has. Like he has all the tangibles of being like a great DB. Really. You didn't bring up you didn't bring up Mac Jones, and there's been a lot of conversation linking Mac Jones to the San Francisco 49ers at number three. If the 49ers were to draft him or any other team that drafts him. What would they be getting in Mac Jones? Yeah. So the way, so lucky for me, I was there all four years with Mac. He came in my class 2017. So I got to see each, each Mac Jones every year, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior one. So, you know, obviously he was playing behind Tua and Jalen when they first got there. So, you know, Mac, one thing about Mac, and let's, let's just take it off the field thing. But one thing about Mac is like, you know, he never quit it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of quarterbacks in that situation, in that room, 
or transfer out 100 percent you know what i'm saying no doubt about it so not only did he like stay the route of him competing every day him not him knowing he's not going to get in the game and he still like you know kept a good mindset and you know not everybody really looking at him as like the number one guy you know i just show him how much of a good athlete he's it he is when stuff doesn't go his way you know what i'm saying because you know a lot of people change and stuff yeah. don't go the way so right. you know Bang, Mac Jones is you know, coming up, sophomore, junior, senior year, junior year now. You know, sad thing when Tua, when Tua got hurt. Yep. Uh, the biggest question is like, you know, can Mac come up and produce the way that Tua did, of course, you know? Um, and he took that role with like, you know, full stride, head on, you know, all the criticism coming in, Stephen A. Jackson saying this stuff about him, crazy, man, you know? You got, you got whatever his name is, Stephen A, whatever it's called. You guys coming in. I mean, you guys just kill these damn athletes. It's crazy what y'all do. So he coming in, Mac Jones? I don't want to see no Mac Jones. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, for him, and, and it's like we don't see it. You know what I'm saying? It's everywhere. Posted on Twitter and everything. People retweeting it. It's kind of hard not to see it. So, you know, for him to come on and have the right mindset, that's what you want in the quarterback. But on the field stuff, like, I seen him produce reading defenses, reading coverages, adjusting the plays and stuff like that. Cause I'm right next to him. So if he fucked up, I mean, he's in a, a lot of people's stuff. So, you know, him reading the defenses, reading the blitzes, reading the uh, fronts, what it is, three technique. Okay, switch the play to this side. We're going outside zone. Okay, hey, Najee, you know, they got the high safety. Let's switch the play to this RPO right here. You know, the way he do things for sure is is like almost at like Tom Brady's level. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say Tom Brady, but like the way he attacks the film study. It's like it was like a pro already at college. So for him to like, you know, the way he transitioned from freshman, sophomore, junior year, and his senior year, and the way he um he goes about watching film, learning the defenses, learning the blitzes, the coverages, and stuff like that, you know, that's for sure that was separating him um a lot this year and what made him improve. And now when he's on the field, he's more comfortable with what he's doing now. I had a GM tell me I had GM, a GM tell me that Mac was an elite, he had elite accuracy, he was an elite processor, and he was an elite leader. Yeah. True. A hundred percent leader, a hundred percent man, a hundred percent leader. I ain't gonna lie around this, but like there was not good leaders at Alabama. I ain't gonna flag, but he was surely one of them. Like you know, the team really rallied around him in a way. Wait, you wait, know? wait! You played with Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones. Do they compare at all? Is it one you prefer? Like, how does that work out? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me, bro. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not trying to be in the. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just asking you how they I'm compare. That's all. I'm not trying to be in the media for that purpose. I have my answer, but like, I will have it off air type stuff like that. Yeah. So, and, and, and Najee, where where will you be for the draft? I don't know. I really want to do something in the Bay Area, but uh, in, in my community, I want to show like you know the kids and uh, you know people out there who supported me, um, my appreciation and show you know people like especially kids like you know maybe one day you could be up here with me. You know what I'm saying like one day you could be here. I mean I'm saying in my shoes. So I think I've been doing the Bay Area um, on my hometown. You're you're from Martinez, California, right? So I'm I'm born there, but I never lived. There. I'm originally from a. I lived everywhere in the Bay Area, so San Francisco, Richmond, Oakland, like Antioch, and I finally saw. Oh there. yeah, 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 yeah. How would you feel about winding up as a 49er? Well, they can't they can't pick you. They can't pick you. That That's ain't gonna awesome. happen. I was hella mad though because they had the 12 pick at first, right? Yeah, right. That that Bro. now we're right. That's right in the range. That's that's the Najee Harris range, you right? And so like they was talking to me, every, like. If there was one team that was talking to me hella, it was a goddamn Niners. I still talk to him a lot to this day. But then I, I saw him, I'm talking, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I'm a, oh, yeah, we're going to get a Zoom meeting. And I look on TV the next day, number three pick. I'm like, what the f? They ain't picking no damn running back number three pick. I'm like, man, like, 
they, they, they didn't trade up for a running back. But let me tell you this. Having covered the league as long as I have, you're better off not playing in your hometown. Why is that? Too many distractions. I, there are teams that I know that intentionally would steer away from a player that was from their area. They thought that it would be hard to bring that guy home, have all the people in high school, college, the hanger-ons. You're better off oh, going wow. to an area where you don't know anybody. You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't agree, huh? Not at all, Adam. I do not agree. Yeah. I agree because I feel like at the end of the day, it comes down to how the person handles the situation. A you pro know? is a pro. Exactly. Like People know me on Bay Area. They know that I don't rock like that. They know that, like, you feel me? There ain't no freebies over here. Like, you're going to have to work for it just like I work for it. They know me like that. They know there ain't going to be no free people coming to the game because you know me. Like, bro, it ain't like that. Like, you support me, and if you don't, then you don't. Like, it ain't that type of relationship where, like, I'm going to support you because you're giving me something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, people, people okay. like, it's not how people. So, like, I handle my, like, the people. I have a small circle. I don't hang out with a lot of people. And the people I hang around with know that I'm not like that. And the people in the Bay Area know that I'm not like that. And there's a lot yeah. of people out there who know me. And that's not how, like, I feel like it's always a person who handles the situation. Like, they always tell me, like, you know, don't hang around these friends. Like, they're bad. They're not good for you. I'm like, why are they not? Like, they ain't never, they ain't, every time they ain't some, some trouble, they tell me to leave or, like, you know, they be like, Najee, like, you know, you just, like, it's not the right time to come around here. They ain't never make me do nothing. They never force me to smoke mm. or drink and then like that. Like, you know, I feel like it's just the person, how they handle the situation, yeah. you know? So, I mean, so, like, so yeah. San Francisco would have been an ideal spot. Now that we think that they're out, we think that they're yeah. out. Yeah, they're what, out. What, 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 okay. They're out. They're out. But, yeah. but, but, but you could tell, you could tell Mac about where he should be living in San Francisco and whatnot. Hey, <laughs> well, first of all, San Francisco is expensive as hell. So hopefully he don't about <laughs> So if San Francisco is expensive, and he about to get hit with them taxes, boy, if you go there, it's over with. He ain't going to make a dollar. Three overall pick, but you make it like, what, 26? Was that 20-something, 8000000 million? I don't know. But, um, I mean, hopefully he gets that saving his money. <laughs> Ooh. So, so, so what would be an ideal landing spot for you right now? Adam, I, I don't even think of that. You know, <laughs> but, but, the, but the good thing is, though, with me, it's like I really don't care because, like, I worked I – was, I was in three different OCs – Offenses. I was in Steve Fraff Sarkeesian's. I was in Michael Loxley's, and I was with uh Brian Dable, who's now with the uh, yeah. Office Coordinator of the Year. I think he was right. Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah. So like I was, I'm leaving, I was living in every single offense. Like we had Jalen Hurts in a different offense. We had two of there. We had Mac there. You know, I had all types of offenses. I had all types of coaches there. So you know, I feel like I could fit in every offenses for sure because I already been through it in college. I mean, I know the NFL is faster, better athletes, but you know. I'm going to all these meetings and they're giving me their playbooks and I already know all of it. I already know all the names. It's just, I already know all the protection and all these different names. It's literally the same mm. stuff like we did in college. That's the beauty of Alabama. Though. Like they prepare you for what the NFL is going to be like, you know? Najee, you're going to be a star wherever you go. People are going to love you. You're going to be viral all the time with the hurdles, with the That's jumps. You, That's all you. Put out a no, tweet. No. Hey, I never yeah. jumped over anybody. I never jumped over anybody like you do. Jumped over a hula hoop before? I, no, a, I'm not athletic enough to do that, Najee. You, you, and, you and Adrian Peterson have to train me. No, no. Come on, man. You jump over a jump rope? I jump rope. I probably wind up with torn meniscus, but I do jump some rope, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you that unathletic? You can't jump over a jump rope? No, you know what? I'm have you hopscotched? You know, you, you know I'm racing Tyreek Hill at some point this offseason? Truly. We're doing it for charity. He's going to give me like a 40 or 50 yard head start and a 100 yard dash. You're fucking lying. I, I'm telling you the truth. You're racing Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You think I got any chance? You don't even have a chance of, of beating Alex Leatherwood in a race. <laughs> 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 you can do Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, you know what? Maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll show up and train with you and Adrian. Get myself in shape. Oh, really, bro. Come train with us. I'll be clean because you got all the social media. So you can either post, hey, I'm training with AP. And it'll be like 8 million retweets, 100,000 quotes, goddamn a billion likes. Hey, let, let me tell you something. You're my new friend. You need anything. You know where to come. I'll take care of you. Okay? We'll be good. Of course, man. All the time. You need anything, any any reports, any new updates, I'm here. But now you do whatever you want with your information. I'm not going to ask you for anything. You yeah. do whatever you want, right? Whatever you want. We're all good. I like I, I like making a new friend on the podcast. You're my new friend, Naji. Oh, this is the podcast right now. This, this is the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for thank you for joining in. We'll be watching you, tracking you before the draft. I hope you know where I hope you go. Where? As high as possible. Oh, what's your team? You, you have a friend in the NFL team. Whoever's on my fantasy team, and you're going to be on my fantasy team. <laughs> Man, talking about on this fantasy team. <laughs> what is your favorite sport? Is it football? Or is it like some other? Well. In all honesty, what you do in my position now is you don't have a favorite team. You have favorite people. Like there are people oh. that I know across. The, so I'm rooting for certain people to do well. I like to see certain players succeed. I like to see certain coaches succeed. That's how I root. I am a Najee Harris fan going forward. That's who I'm rooting for. So you'll root for me. You'll buy my jersey. Hey, you I, I, I was thinking you were going to send me your jersey rather than me have to buy your jersey. Send me my jersey? <laughs> yeah. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Thank you, man. Thank you, Christina. Even though I can't see you, it's all good. All right, bro. Take care. So how about Najee Harris? Not only is he a great running back, not only is he going to be the first running back picked in this upcoming draft in all probability, but tell me that guy is not a total charismatic star. Like, just gets it. How cool is that guy? Love that guy. And by the way, he has given us two fantasy team name options going forward. I may call my fantasy football team this year, who you beefing with? Who you beefing with? I like that. Or we could go with some other small reporter. Like there are two great names that Najee Harris has provided to us in addition to all that great content. And we certainly appreciate him taking the time out of his schedule to meet with us as he gets ready for the upcoming NFL draft. All right. Our next guest is the ESPN analyst, Mina Kimes. And Mina has her own podcast, the Mina Kimes Show, featuring her dog, Lenny, where Mina gives you her NFL knowledge mixed with her unique brand of humor. Download and follow the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny wherever you get your podcasts. And without further ado, our next podcast guest, Mina Kimes. So, Mina, tell me your version <laughs> of the events that unfolded on April 1st, that fateful day, April 1st. Okay. So, this is going to come as a surprise to you because you have no idea how I was processing the information. So, I started taking, taping Highly Questionable, which is a tape show. It's not live, at 9 a.m. Pacific. So, I'm already still... I wouldn't say waking up. I wake up at six, but you know, I'm coming too. it's early here and I tape it on a computer. This is important, Adam, because if I don't forget to turn off my text notifications, I can see them in the corner while I'm not seeing what's being said, but it says you get texts like, you know, someone texts you. So we're taping our A block and um, the news had just broken that Roy Williams had retired. So we're trying to be fairly serious and somber. I'm collecting my thoughts on Roy Williams and his legacy. All of a sudden, while 
I think Pablo Torre is talking. I start seeing in the corner Adam Schefter texting you. And I'm like, why would Adam Schefter be texting me at 9 a.m. on a Monday? There's nothing going on. It's pro days, I think. There's no news. There's nothing. And that that is when, before I even saw your texts or tweets or anything, my mind goes to, oh, my God, something might be happening with Russell Wilson. So you hadn't even hit me up. So I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about Roy Williams, but I am tweaking inside, just itching to read your texts. Then I open your texts before I see the tweets. And that's when I lose it, honestly, because it's far more likely that you would text me before tweeting anything. And so people, you know, so that's when I'm really freaking out is when I see your text. And I think your first text was, Mina, have you heard? And that's when I lost my mind. And so what was going through your mind at that point? What on earth is happening? Holy smokes. Um, first, I'm thinking we're doing a show and I had NFL Live. Yeah. No, no, I didn't have NFL Live that day. It was a Thursday. But in any case, whatever show we're doing, I'm like, we're going to have no. to blow up our entire show. It was yeah. Thursday. It was April Fool's, I think, right? Thursday, yes, because okay. Friday's NFL Live. And yeah, I'm thinking we're going to have to blow up our show. And by the way, probably every single other person at ESPN who saw your tweet was thinking that, Adam. So I... I start getting texts from other people because you tweeted that. I didn't know at the time asking me, including colleagues, people around a few people around the league. I won't name names texted me. Why is Adam Schefter tweeting at you? And the, and the funniest part, you and I have texted about this. You didn't say anything wrong. If anything, your tweet was 100 percent innocuous. You didn't mention the Seahawks. You didn't mention Russell Wilson. All you did was say my name. But that. <laughs> set off a chain reaction. I want to know what was going on in your phone. Well, here's the great part about it. Here's the great, here's the backstory. You don't know the whole backstory and you don't know what happened. So it was the night before April Fool's and all of a sudden I get this dual DM text tweet from both (laughs) Katie Nolan and Pablo. I've never had two people on one direct message on Twitter. Um, But let me hear, let me me read it to you. Hold on. In fact, let me call your number. A double DM from Pablo Estore and Katie Nolan. And it says, yo, Adam, sorry to invade your DMs, but we, Katie and I, on behalf of Highly Questionable, were hoping you might be down to April Fool our pal Mina tomorrow by sending just one terrifying text at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll all be (laughs) taping HQ then, and we're wondering if you would text Mina something like, big Russell Wilson trade news coming soon, or however you say it. We'll have the cameras rolling to capture her reaction, which we'd also send to NFL Live for their use. And obviously, we will take full responsibility for enlisting you to do this. Thank you for considering our nonsense. And then Katie texted, quote, we were both too scared to reach out to you on our own. So that's why we're both here. We're big, scared babies. Take pity on us with a smiley face. And I said, why are you scared? No reason. What if I just text her? while you're on air, because initially I don't like to put out tweets on April. I don't like to uh, partake in that sort of thing. I don't like to get involved. I don't want to be a part of that. So I said, I don't love the tweet part because I've never April fools anyone in that space, but I might consider tweeting something like Mina Kimes is not going to like this (laughs) just like that. So I think what I wrote the next day I tweeted was, oh boy, Mina Kimes isn't going to be happy, right? Which was true. Mina Kimes isn't going to be happy. 
that we were playing with her. Yeah. And so they said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll text you. We'll remind you. So at the next day about noon, they texted me and I said, now, what do you want? How do you want this? And they said, text her first and then tweet her second. And I said, okay. And so they texted me. And, and by the way, I had somebody call me like a GM or something. And I looked down, and it was 1233. I'm like, oh my God, I missed it. Cause I wasn't sure whether it was live or not. So right away, I think I texted you. Have you heard the news? And I tweeted almost the same time. Uh, I tweeted, I, I, I texted you and I tweeted, Mina Kimes is not going to like this. Now, here's the great part. As soon as I tweeted, oh boy, Mina Kimes is not going to be happy. I got three texts from oh three, different, three different ESPN producers who were taping different shows wanting to know if there was anything they needed to know before they taped the mock draft special and NFL <laughs> Live. And so I had all these people reaching out to me oh to say, do we need to stand down? And I'm like, no, it's just an April Fool's joke. You're like, guys, Harry- would I actually break the biggest trade in NFL history this way? Like, if, if you use your head, it's insane. But of course, I wasn't using my head because I was in a state of panic. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, there were other people taping shows. I got texts not just from people at ESPN, people at other networks and who were doing shows were texting me as though I would tell them. But they were like, what the heck is going on? We're like, we saw Schefter's tweet. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to name names. Uh, Greg Shapiro. Uh, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> Greg Shapiro. Yeah. Here, 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 here was typical of the, of the uh, text. I, I love this. Okay. 12.36, Greg Shapiro, taping a mock draft show today, airing tonight at 8. Do we have issues? <laughs> Do, we have like, issues? <laughs> Do we have issues? And I texted him back, Pablo and Katie asked me to play an April Fool's joke on Mina Kimes during their show. That was all I would do. I also texted her. Apparently, she was going to be on air as all this was happening. Gotcha. That's his response. Gotcha. <laughs> like, gotcha. obviously, I think people were more pissed than you. That they were about to tape their shows. <laughs> now they're texting me to find uh, out if they can carry on with their tapings. Right? I just, I just love that you didn't say anything wrong. I think that's the funniest part. You, you, you didn't even say Seahawks or Russell Wilson. And never said Seahawks. Never said Russell Wilson. Never yeah. said there's a trade. I never would have April fools you with what Pablo proposed, which was that Russell <laughs> trade, Russell Wilson trade news. Like I would, no way. I'm not. I will not put out knowingly anything false on my Twitter timeline. If there's something false on there, I got it wrong. But it's not going to be intentional. It's not going to be misleading. All I said is Mina Kimes is not going to be happy. And she wasn't. But you know, even beyond ESPN, people saw that we're freaking out for a few minutes. So you had other people from other networks. Yes. You from teams. I had ESPN producers. So, So it was the tweet. That sent a little bit of yes. shockwaves across the industry. So that when I saw the tweet is when I started to my radar went up a little bit because it was the text that really freaked me out. Is that? It, let me ask you this: Is that the um, the most successful April Fool's prank you've ever pulled off? Well, I'm going to tell you this: There were people like Woj who were convinced <laughs> that we staged that. I'm like, there was nothing staged about that. Woj texted me, "You staged that, right?" I'm like, "No, we didn't stage that. That was real." He's like, "Come on." I'm like, no, 100% authentic. Have people ever watched Highly Questionable? If they had, they would know 
I've been fooled by a 73-year-old man extending for a handshake, yep. I think 17 times. Uh, and people always ask me if I'm faking that. And th- what they don't understand about me, Adam, and this is why you're able to get me, is I, when I'm taping television, I'm so dialed in that my mind is very vulnerable. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I, I was a perfect mark for you. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. And I think Pablo and Katie knew that. Yes, they And therefore, yes. they, they preyed upon your weaknesses. Cruel. So they cruel. Pre- they preyed. Are you all ready for the draft? Oh, I, I cannot wait for that. I think this is the most exciting draft we've had in the years that I've been at ESPN, given the level of uncertainty around the quarterbacks and stuff. It's really? awesome. It is awesome. Well, I mean, not much uncertainty. Oh, for there's you, much- maybe, Schefter. <laughs> no, well, I mean, for all of us. Can't we just figure this out right now? Like, you, we have all have a pretty good idea who are going to be the first three picks. Right? Uh, oh, okay. All right. If you say. But four is crazy. Five is crazy. Yes. Six is crazy. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree fun. with all that. I that agree is with fun. all that. See, to me, the draft, the drama, the suspense, when the Niners traded up to three, yeah, everything changed. And so, again, people don't want to believe it, but Mac Jones is square in the conversation. He just is. I hear you. I hear you. Right? So, so if that's the case, then we got Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, Mac Jones three, Atlanta's on the clock, and it is very interesting there. Atlanta's interesting. Atlanta's that's an very interesting, interesting choice. And all the teams behind them that want that need quarterbacks. Correct, because now we're down to two. Get a lot of action. We got the two of the draft. And, and then, they're you know, good. You know, and you know what else is interesting about that? It's Atlanta and Carolina's desperate, and they're in the same division. Yeah, yeah. You so you made that point Atlanta on NFL Live, right? Because what Atlanta actually wouldn't trade down. Atlanta doesn't want to play Justin Fields for you know the future and have or him Trey be Lance, one or the other. Or Lance, right? yeah. I, Whoever they deem to be. Whew, boy, Denver. Todd had Fields falling to Denver in his latest, or pardon me, um, Fields falling to New England in his latest mock. And I said on our show, I was like, if Denver passes on a quarterback, there's going to be some uproar. You think so, huh? I, I would be upset. I would be upset if I was a Denver fan and they passed mm-hmm. on one of these two guys. So so you, all these two guys, to you, in your mind, they're going to go high, right? I think they should. I think they, I think this is an incredible quarterback draft. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, remember, I remember a few weeks ago, Mina, a few weeks ago, I said on NFL Live, I don't know whether you were on that day, I go, there are going to be four quarterbacks that go within the first six or seven picks. Take it to the bank is what I said. Take and it people, to the bank. Thought, people thought it was like this controversial statement. And I'm like, what do you really like Peter King put in his Monday morning quarterback column as one of the quotes of the week. Take it to the bank. I'm like. It's unprecedented. I mean, what San Francisco did. So trading out for the, the third pick, that's not unprecedented. The third quarterback taken mm-hmm. that giving up that hole. Not for pick three, but for QB three. That is unprecedented. That, well, we are in first, new territory. Oh, hold on. How do you know that it's QB three to them? How do you know that it's not their QB two or QB one? Uh, yes, I, it could be their QB one. But I just think in, in, in terms of the actual court, like that's not happened before, Adam. Like, wow. Doesn't that speak to the quality of this quarterback class? The fact that they're willing to give that up? But here, here's what I would say to you. And here's what I've said to other people on other teams when they've considered making other quarterback moves. When it involves a quarterback, if you have a conviction on him, there is no price that you yeah. can pay that is too high if you believe in that guy. 
I have had that conversation with head coaches, general managers over time. And uh, I've had some memorable conversations with people that I can recall in my mind. Um, Crazy. Yeah. So and what we've seen in, in this year, and this is, you know, this is new, the, the, the fact that teams are willing to take these kinds of dead money hits. That's a new thing. That is a new, that, that's really interesting. And in a year where they're, the cap is down and people are yeah. still willing to eat the money. Wow. That is kind of crazy. And Lions, by the way, potentially Atlanta, if they do draft a quarterback and next year, that's the huge hit. I mean, that's new. Houston and dare we say it, Seattle. No, no, don't go. No, no. Okay. Seattle? Now we're full circle on the, on the, the <laughs> no break. Joke. And no April fools. I, I'm out. No, I'm out. <laughs> no, out. Hold on. We'll just wrap up on this note. The more people I speak to around the league, the more people say, yeah, Russell Wilson's not getting traded. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen this year. And the more I say, before you bow, the more I say, I'm not giving up on this just yet. I'm not telling you it's going to happen. What I am going to tell you is this, and what I believe is this. If Seattle can find a quarterback that it knows it likes and mm-hmm. is going to acquire in that deal, I think they'll trade Russell Wilson. But that's not an easy thing to accomplish. It's a big like, if. Yeah, big which if. quarterback are you locking into this year? Which yeah. quarterback are you locking into? Like it's hard to it's hard to do. Um, so I don't know that it can happen. There are not as many logical landing spots as there were, say, five, six weeks ago, but I'm not ruling it out just yet. Mina, I'm very sorry. So cruel. <laughs> Mina, appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. No thanks for the prank. And there is Mina Kimes, the object of some April Fool's Day humor. Again, not my idea, the idea of Pablo Torre and Katie Nolan, but was happy to partake in the hijinks that occurred on April Fool's Day. All right, as we tape this on Monday morning again, a lot of people talking about the Gonzaga-UCLA game on Saturday night. And I will say this, that from the moment that game started, I was totally riveted to it, totally gripped by it. Like you could just see that this was going to be one of those great college basketball games. And as soon as it ended, people proclaimed it, like myself, an instant classic, and it was. And it was one of the great college basketball games that I've seen. And people were talking about other great college basketball games. Allow me to make a nomination that I didn't hear anybody refer to. But it would have been the final four game in the semifinal round, Michigan-Illinois in April of 1989, probably before many of you were born. But my college friends and I flew out to Seattle. We scalped a couple of tickets that we got from the Michigan Athletic Department to finance our trip. Flew out there. And in that game, that Michigan won 83-81. And with Sean Higgins, the former Michigan standout, hit a jump shot with two seconds left to give Michigan an 83-81 win. There were 33 lead changes. 33. 17 in the first half. It went back and forth. all game long. And Illinois at that point was the third ranked team in the country. They were unbelievable. They had blown out Michigan earlier in the year. And I'm just telling you, if you went back and watched the replays of that game, I would put it up there with the Gonzaga UCLA game that had just such an incredible, memorable finish that will go down in college basketball history. But that was one of those games that I believe you'll always remember watching an instant Classic. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some of that this weekend with the Masters. 
Maybe we'll get some of that tonight with the college basketball championship. And maybe that's why this is one of the great times of the year. Want to thank this week's guest, the Alabama running back, Najee Harris. Najee, we're not beefing with anybody. We're not beefing with you, especially. We are huge fans of yours and we're following you during your rookie season in the NFL. I want to thank Mina Kimes for coming on to the podcast as well. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting up with me, putting this podcast together. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. My producer, Christina, and I have outlined the next few shows leading up to the NFL draft. And I promise you, we're going to have some compelling guests, some interesting information, some tremendous insights leading into the draft in Cleveland a few weeks from now. So please join us again next week as we'll have more guests and more draft information for you at that time. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.